Casey, you there? I'm here. Okay, I heard your disembodied uh, laugh. What? I'm Mm -hmm. sitting right next to you. Shh, no you're not. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, uh, Casey, as I understand it, um, which I'm probably wrong, but today we're talking about how the Egyptians were chasing Moses, and so Moses whips out his giant log and lays it across the Red Sea, killing all of the Egyptians, and then made all of the Israelites walk across his giant member to get to the other side. <laughs> Why did we change it from log to member? Log member, you know what I'm talking about. No, this is not what happened. You're telling me that Moses didn't get his giant thick staff? And part the seas with it? He did, but he didn't lay his staff down and they walk across it. Well, oh. Yeah, they just walked across the bottom of the sea. Wait, they walked across the bottom of the sea? How in the fuck? Water walls. He parted the sea with his this, staff. What is this guy, a goddamn waterbender? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, heathens. How are you guys doing today? Hi, (laughs) y'all. Well, uh, as you can tell, we're talking about Moses and his staff. However, you want to take that innuendo. We're already getting in the endos. Mm, Yes. In Uh, your endo. (laughs) Listen, there is no episode that is without my endo. So, today we're continuing on with Exodus and Moses and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Last time, I do believe that uh, Pharaoh was like, get the fuck out. Your guy killed my kid. I don't want to see your face anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the Israelites proceeded to steal all the shit from the Egyptians and then then get the fuck out of there, right? Yes. That's pretty good. Yeah, see, I learn. (laughs) I start out horrible and then I get better. (laughs) That is pretty much, yes, what happened. Okay, awesome. So, so we're so we're going to start out kind of in the middle of um Exodus chapter 13. We're going to start out with verse 17. And um uh when Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them on the road for, through the Philistine country because um even though it was a shorter route to get the Israelites out of Egypt, um God was afraid that if they encountered like um troops or any kind of resistance that they would be scared and they would turn around and go back to Egypt. So he didn't want that to happen. So he led them into the desert. Um, uh, God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Sorry, God doesn't like. (laughs) (laughs) Did your mic just try to commit suicide by jumping off of the desk? (laughs) No, no, that was God pushing my mic off because he doesn't want me to insinuate any more dick jokes. Oh, we haven't even talked about the lightning dick stuff yet. Well, no, we haven't. But I've also insinuated that Moses had a giant rod that he <laughs> that he splayed across the Red Sea. Okay. All right. Are, are you good now? I'm, I'm good. I have secured it in a fashion that will prevent God from knocking it off again. Okay. It's, so- it's a God-proof mic. <laughs> okay. So God instead led the people around the desert road towards the toward the Red Sea. Um, and it says the Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle, even though um, God wasn't 
leading them toward he was purposefully leading them away from anything like that mm-hmm. um when they left moses took joseph's bones um because if you remember in genesis uh, chapter 50 verse 25 i believe it was um joseph made them promise to take his bones with them um out of this place to, uh what did he say he said um then you must carry my bones up with you from this place uh, when when God comes to your aid. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time, right? But Moses went and got Joseph's bones and took them with them uh, to fulfill that. You know, we got to close the loops here because, you know, explaining everything in the Bible to its ro- logical conclusion is totally a thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so after leaving Succoth, your favorite place. <laughs> <Sucker>. <laughs> <laughs> they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. Um, by the day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. So, like, like okay, the, the pillar of clouds, I get that that's just, that's just clouds, and these people were like, oh, look, it's God in the clouds. Maybe they saw a face, and maybe the face talked to them. They could have been that high, uh, but then the the pillar, the pillar of fire at night. Yeah, like why is there just a random like chemtrail fire in the sky <laughs> at night for Moses? Well, now chemtrails didn't exist at this time. You have no proof that they did not exist. So, so who would have put chemtrails in the sky? Aliens? Obviously, Satan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> Satan does it now, and he Satan's going to continue to do it, and he did it back then. Satan okay. doesn't do it now. The U.S. government does it now. That's Satan. Okay, I've I've done enough vigilant Christian Illuminati research. It is Satan that's doing it. Okay, well, I mean, if you've done your research, research, and you've got your sources, then... I've, I've done research and research. You don't look. You could have just cut that out. Instead, you got to make fun of me about it because you have never said any words that aren't words. Ever. <laughs> okay, but seriously, though, the pillar of fire, I don't understand the pillar of fire. Like, it's just, it would be strange, like, just a random pillar of fire floating through the air so that these Israelites can make their way through the desert. But you also got to wonder, like, it takes them 40 years to fucking get anywhere. Like, is God just sort of leading them around in a circle? Yeah, I don't know. So here, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. But what's interesting is somebody did a um, a Google Maps. Have you seen this? Somebody did a Google Maps of how long it would take someone to walk from Egypt to the Red Sea. And it was like three days. And <laughs> they wandered for 40 years. Wait, did they... Did they wander for 40 years from Egypt to the Red Sea, or did they wander for 40 years from the Red Sea to the Holy Land? Oh, I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. Maybe I was, maybe I was. Well, I think, well, I think it was, it's after the Red Sea in which they, they wander for 40 years. Okay. So at this point, at this point in time, it doesn't say, um, it doesn't say how long it takes them, but since you brought it up, um, the Lord told Moses in the very beginning of Exodus chapter 14, like at the very beginning, he says, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hairoth. 
all right, between Migdol and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite of Baal Zephon. Um, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around. <laughs> Balls, Balls, Ephon, no, Balls, Zephon, Baal, B A A L, Baal, Baal, Zephon, Zephon. It just sounds like Balls, Zephon, like Balls, Ephon. That's because you're a pervert. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Okay, so forgetting the names of the place, God's like, make the Israelites turn back and go camp here. Then the Egyptians will think they're fucking wandering and lost. And um, I will, you know, help you out and I'll harden Pharaoh's heart again. Wait, wait, wait again? What is he? He needs to harden his heart yet again? Like, what yes. the, he's already made decisions. I mean. Right. But he he wants to harden his heart because he needs Pharaoh to pursue the Israelites. Oh, so that it seems like okay, so yeah. it's it's part of his plan. Yes, it's part of God's master plan to commit mass genocide. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, the Israelites did this. They they did what he said. Um. And God says, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Um, so when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost all their services. So they freak out because they don't have any more slaves. And it's like, who's going to make bricks? We don't know how to make bricks. These people have made fucking bricks the whole time. What the fuck are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. Right. Um. So uh, he made his chariot ready and took his army with him. It says he took 600 of the best chariots along with all of the other chariots in Egypt, all the horses, all the horsemen, um, all of the troops, all the officers, everybody. Um, I don't know why he has to distinguish between the best chariots and all the other chariots, but all the fucking chariots in Egypt are going after the Israelites. Um, so the Egyptians went out, pursued them and overtook them as they camped near the sea. Um, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Uh, they also said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? I don't know what that has to do with anything. Well, I guess maybe there were no, like, they're 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 basically complaining like, hey, did you bring us all the way out here to die instead of letting us die in the streets? So they continue. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians will uh, you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Okay, so basically Moses leads them out there and they get to the sea. That's where they're at, right? The Red Sea? Yeah, they're they're in a, I guess, in a town or maybe like on the side of a hill. I don't know. They're opposite the sea. Right. So th they're getting there and basically they're like, what the fuck now, man? Game over. Game over, Moses. Well, yeah, because there's a sea in front of them and Egyptians behind them and they think that they're trapped. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's all to, uh, you know, God, God has made the Egyptians chase after them. Yes. 
And so, like, it just, I don't know. It seems like a very manipulative, uh, ma- manipulative, like, way to go about this. Like, God is just a big manipulative dick right now. Yes, he is. Okay, so the Lord said to Moses, um, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the, dis- over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea onto dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and his army, through the chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord and I will, when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. I don't understand why we have to keep repeating it. I didn't repeat the same thing. It's there. That's the third or fourth time we've seen it today. So what's interesting is he's going to gain glory through killing thousands of people. Well, of course. I mean, that's the only way in which he gains glory is to wipe out all those that are unglorious to him. Blood, blood God. Hashtag blood God. Hashtag blood dick oath. We're not blood dick oathing right now. Why are we hashtagging blood dick oath? Because mm, hashtags. Okay. Um. <laughs> so. So. You know what's interesting to me here. It, well, let's continue, and then and because we have to get to a different part first. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming in between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. So he basically kept the people separated throughout the night. Uh, so basically, God just produced fog. Yes. And dense enough fog to where it made it night. No, it was night. It, well, yeah, but you said it made it night on one side and light on the other. Yeah, I don't know how that worked. I, Maybe fire pillar. I'm not really sure. I'm not. I'm not sure either. But yeah. you know, so God just basically. I mean, he just created a, a lot of fog. What, which is something that could naturally happen. I mean, I'm not. I don't know that area. Well, this this story didn't happen at all. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that they work in natural elements. Yes, that could happen and explain it via God. Yes, of course. I mean, that is the human way throughout history. They've used deities and other kind of supernatural explanations for things that we can explain naturally. Yep. Through through basic through generally basic science, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the and all that night, uh, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. So it doesn't exactly happen like they show in the movies. You know, Moses holds out his staff, and the waters part. And it like happens instantly, right? They just, mm-hmm. they draw back and they part. Well, apparently it took all night for the wind to push the waters. And so, so wind pushed the, like it was, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, everybody makes it out to be a natural thing. Like, you know, he raised the staff and immediately the water was, was just parted. Yeah. But it it, it took... says the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. But it says that it took all night. 
exactly. I mean, do you realize like how strong that wind would have to be in order to part the fucking sea? It also wouldn't be able to part the sea because you have one side going one way and one side going another way. It's not like, okay, so we saw um, a phenomenon kind of like this, but not like this recently with um, Hurricane what was the one in Florida, Irma, mm-hmm. um, where all of the waters in the bay areas or the shallower waters were drawn out to sea and normally areas that would be completely full of water were completely dry and boats were sitting in clay or like the the bottom of the um and there was no water where there normally was because it was being pulled out okay so it is possible for wind to move water significantly so but not part in this fashion well right no, but what they're what they're talking about is is there's wind, a very directed wind that's blowing pinpointly through one particular corridor that creates this parting thing. Right. But the 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 point though is is that in order for that wind to keep the the sea from parting, I mean it's basically like an ultra fast wind tunnel, and basically you would be telling the Israelites, okay, guys. Just all you do is you hop in front of there and then it's going to zoop all the way fucking across in a microsecond. Try not to burst into a million particles on the other side because that's how fast the wind would need to move. Not a million particles, but you're definitely going to be fucking squished like a pancake when you <laughs> land on the other side of this thing. Yeah, you're definitely not going to have pieces anymore, like nothing recognizable. N- no, it's going to be a meat stack and yeah. it's just going to be several meat stacks. May- maybe after like the first 50 Israelites, maybe it softens up a little bit. That There's 600,000 of these people. I know. After the first few, you get a nice cushion of dead bodies <laughs> And then, and then you, and you just keep on funneling them through, and then they'll land softly on the other side because it's full of dead Jews. They're not Jews at this point; they're still Israelites. Israelites, Jews. I mean, this is about the Jews. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, are we ready to move on? I, I guess let's <laughs> let's get this machine gun of Jews. Okay, so the the waters were divided. <laughs> And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptians, um, at the Egyptian army, and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off, basically loosened them so that they would have difficulty driving them. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Okay, wait a second. (laughs) This seems very remedial at this point. (laughs) Because not only did they go chasing after the Israelites, after they said, hey, get the fuck out of here, but they're like, God is fighting on their side. You'd, you fucking just went through 10 goddamn plagues that ended in the death of the firstborn of all your kids. Right. Of course God is fighting on their side. Like, exactly how, like, do, do they have to inscribe shit on stone for you? I mean, I know God has to do that for these fucks. But does <laughs> it, does he have to do it for the Egyptians, too? Does Does Moses need, like, a tent, like, these ten fucked up things will happen to you, and car- they were carved on these stones with God's lightning dick. 
<laughs> like, does that what the is that what the agenda? It just seems very remedial at this point for them to be like, God's oh, fighting on their sides. <laughs> no shit, motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, they have constant change of mind and heart because God is toying with their free will. Well, yeah, I mean, he's manipulating their actions. It, so uh, you guys can't see me, but I've got a very surprised look on my face. <laughs> No, not God doing with free will. He doesn't do that. But he does. He doesn't do that in his favor. He only does that for people again that he he only does that to people in order to use them for as pawns in order to get other people to believe in him, apparently. It seems like a very convoluted way to get it done. It is, especially because he doesn't need to do that, right? Because he's God. Yeah, it's also very curious how God didn't just like scoop up all of the Egyptians and set their asses back down on the other side anytime they tried to go through the corridor of, you know, of the Red Sea. He could have just picked up the Israelites and put them on the other side. Why yeah. did he need to make a corridor? This whole fucking drama is ridiculous and completely unnecessary. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's like God loosened up the screws on their wheels. Oh, okay, God, you could do that, but you can't fucking, like, I don't know, prevent them from chasing us in the first place? And or then God's up there on his throne like, well, then how am I going to manipulate you into believing I'm good? Right. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's it's all a manipulation, and it's so interesting. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting way to go about it for an all-powerful being. Like, I figure you could just let them know, like, you could get people, if you were an all-powerful being, you could get people to believe in you without um, killing a whole bunch of people, without killing basically everyone in the whole world multiple times, um, without, I mean, you don't, you don't have to do these things. Oh, you totes do, honey. I mean, that's just, well, I, guess, I don't know why you're, I don't know why you got a problem with this. I guess you, I don't know. I guess it's so to get people to believe in you on their own, which I still feel like if you're an all-powerful being, you could do without all of this drama. Well, you know, God loves his drama. I mean, you know, we're, when we get into the New Testament, I mean, he fucks a 14-year-old, makes her have his baby, and then lets her raise it on, his, on, on, on her own. She's not on her own. She's got her... Adult husband who married a child. Her adult husband who married a child and then is no longer in it after his childhood days. I mean, Joseph, Joseph isn't Joseph isn't there when when you know Jesus gets nailed. Oh no, he's not there when Jesus gets nailed. No, no. <laughs> but that doesn't mean she raised him as a single child. I mean, there are stories about um, Joseph teaching Jesus how to do carpentry and shit like that. Is there? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't an absentee father. No, I'm saying Jesus had, had an absentee childhood. Because, I mean, that's part of the hero pattern. Is that, I mean, the, there's a miraculous birth and everything like that, but then it, his childhood's largely unknown. And that's the case for Jesus. And we're getting way, way ahead here on this. Let's get, let's get back to Moses and his um, dick corridor. <clears throat> okay, so then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses, because, you know, he's a complete pawn of this whole thing, right? 
stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place the egyptians were fleeing forward and the lord swept them into the sea the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen the entire army of pharaoh that had followed the israelites into the sea not one of them survived so a lot of times i get the um argument that uh, you know, they found Egyptian chariots uh, at the bottom of the Red Sea, and that proves that the whole Moses thing is true. Um, Did they find thousands of them? No. Oh, okay. Then it's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, it like like the what they what they've shown are, are are things that look similar to like wheels and stuff like that. And I mean, that doesn't mean like it, nowhere does it say that like chariots or or wheels in general couldn't have fallen off ships or uh have been you know placed somewhere else and made their way to the red sea um you know th th there's nothing to solidify that those are egyptian chariots or, or chariot piece uh that was there that because of of the parting of the red sea like like that somebody might come at you with oh look they found this chariot at the bottom of the red sea it's like okay there's nothing to suggest that that is from this incident. No, and, and in order to prove that this incident happened, you would have to find a lot more than one chariot or pieces of chariots. Like, you would have to find, like, it would have to be littered with chariots. Yeah. And bones and shit. Like, you'd have to have way more. There would be so much because thousands of people went into the sea. Well, yeah, and it doesn't really make sense that the Egyptians wouldn't have mentioned this particular event, like chasing right in their or, history. Yeah, right. This is not this is not in Egyptian history like, at all. It doesn't even have to specify that it was Jews or Israelites or anything. It could have just been like a group of slaves, it, like it, the Egyptians. I'm, I mean, or just a record of the fact that thousands of Egyptians died, including all of the horsemen, all of the all of the officers, every basically everybody in Egyptian government that ev that all of these Egyptians died on the same day. Right. That would kind of be a big deal in Egyptian history and it doesn't exist. Well yeah, that not only that, but also like the uh, every every you know, the firstborn of every household dying. Like I think that would have been significant enough to make it into like some kind of Jewish text or not Jewish but um Egyptian, Egyptian. text. It would. So so here's my point. This whole this passage ends with um, the words, not one of them survived. This seems like very soft language to me. None of them survived. What what they really mean to say is that God murdered these people for their actions, which he manipulated so that he could murder them. Mm -hmm. Like that's what actually happened. But it's like. Oh, none of our ch none of our pursuers survived. No, God, God made it that way. Like your God that is so loving and forgiving and wonderful made it that way. He is the one who hardened their hearts so that they would follow. And not only did he harden their hearts so that they would follow this time, he's hardened their hearts all along. Mm -hmm. So like the Egyptians never had a chance ever because Pharaoh, after the first plague, or even before that, could have been like, yeah, okay, like, with, you know, I, I gave it some thought, and I'm going to go ahead and let you go for three days to do whatever you got to do. Mm -hmm. Like, 
but he could have done that and he might have done that. Nobody would ever know if he was going to do that because God didn't give him a chance to do that because God took over and hardened his heart so that he would make the decisions God needed him to make so that he could put all of these puzzle pieces together so that they come to the conclusion. It's like these stories start at the conclusion and and work their way backwards, putting the pieces where they need to go so the conclusion is becomes a reality. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, pretty common post hoc reasoning. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Anybody who reads this can clearly tell that it was predetermined. The, the conclusion was predetermined. It was. Yeah. And I mean, all of this was to emotionally manipulate people into believing in a God. Yes, which we're going to get to right now. You ready to keep going? Yes. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. We've already said that. Okay. So uh, that day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in his in Moses, his servant. Why is this the reaction? The people saw all of these dead people. They feared him. And the result of this is them putting their trust in him. Well, yeah, I mean, the... That's what he was hoping to gain, though, was was the fear of the because that's what the Old Testament God is about is ruling through fear. No, I got that. But like if this was like if this was me and I saw all this, I'd be like, dude, you're one sadistic fuck. I don't want anything to do with you. Like, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying is he set all this up so he could do mass genocide and kill all these people. Who otherwise may have made better decisions. Well, right. But I mean, it's the whole it's the whole fear aspect. You're supposed to fear God and his wrath. You're supposed to fear what he will do if you don't obey him, because in their eyes, these people were disobeying God and chasing after them and everything like that. No, I, I get that. I get the fear part. What I'm saying I don't get is the trust part. Okay, so they fear him. Why is your reaction of someone you fear to trust them? I don't trust people that have to operate in this kind of manner. Like, I may fear him and I may do what he says because of that fear, but I sure as fuck am not going to trust him. Why is trust? Well, I get, I think what they're trying to get through here is that they they trust him so that he won't fuck them up like that's what he wants is their trust and so you either trust him or you get fucking drowned in the red sea well i don't not only do i not trust in this abrahamic god i don't believe in this abrahamic god so um i have not as of yet been drowned in the red sea if i die that way (laughs) well no right well, no, I I think that it's just the general God will fuck you up if you don't trust him kind of mentality. You know, I think that that I think that that is what it is. But and there's so tons that, of people who don't trust or believe in a God that aren't fucked up. 
Well, no, I, I know that, and that's the reality of the situation. But even then, Christians, uh, and I guess maybe Jews in this case, would be like, well, you're going to get your comeuppance. I mean, if it's not in this life, it'll be in the next. Well, and I mean, I, I see how the Israelites at this time could see how God was on their side and fucked up the Egyptians who, you know, didn't follow him. But, you know, I guess I just, I don't understand the whole, oh, okay, you committed mass genocide and I'm sitting here looking at all of these dead bodies. I'm scared shitless, but I'm just going to trust you. Like, that just doesn't seem like a logical thing. I don't know. It isn't. Anyway, we start out Exodus 15, um, and the whole of, well, not the whole of Exodus 15, but the whole beginning of Exodus 15 is the song of Moses. Um, when they see what the Lord has done, they put their trust in him, they decide, they worship him, um, they start singing a song. Would you like to hear the the song i'm not not singing it just the words um sure okay there's a lot of repetition in here so we'll try to get through it as quickly as possible where are we at 34 minutes um i will sing to the lord for he is highly exalted the horse and its rider has hurled into the sea lots of people got killed (laughs) um the lord is my strength and my song he has become my salvation he is my god and i will praise him for murder well, praise him, because if I don't, I will get murdered. Mm, true. My father, my God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Uh, Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like stone. This is sick. Wait, they sank to the depths like so- stone, but didn't they see the dead bodies on, on the, the shore? On the shore? Yeah. I guess maybe only part of them sank and the rest of them washed up on shore? I don't, I, I mean, that would seem reasonable, but this, this does contradict what they said before. Yeah, okay. Um. Uh, your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. Your right hand, oh Lord, massive and strength filled and majestic majestic and powerful. And it just seems like they're praising his masturbatory hand. God could have been a Southpaw. You don't know. You don't know his life. (laughs) It's called the stranger. For you, maybe. (laughs) In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the water piled up. The surging water stood firm. (laughs) I'm sorry. He sneezed? He sneezed. He sneezed. Oh, there's all your water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's my snot. Yeah. Um, the surging waters firm. Well, what they mean is by a blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, meaning like he blew out of his nose and the waters parted. They piled up like the parting of the sea was yeah, I God's know. breath. Well, no, his it's, his God's, it's God's sneeze. Apparently God sneezed and it parted the sea. Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe he has allergies. You don't know. 
The surging waters stood firm like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. Um, so basically what happened is God created this whole situation by hardening Pharaoh's heart and manipulating their will so that this, this would all happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them because God made them. Um, I will divide the spoils and gorge myself on them. Does that mean they're going to steal their shit again? Okay. Um, I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. But they didn't. Yeah, because they saw all the bodies on the shore. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? I think this one is really interesting. Who among the gods? So even the earliest... Um, the Israelites. Well, right. Like mm -hmm. I said, the, the original Israelites uh, had a more pantheon of gods kind yeah. of mentality, and Yahweh was just the one that they served. Right. But that's totally different from how Christians teach Yeah. now. Even though this is their Bible. I mean, this, this shit is in their Bible. It's obvious that he's one of many gods. Right. Yeah. But, but there is no other god except for him. Exactly. Yeah. Um, who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. He stretched out his right hand, and then the earth swallowed them. The water, water swallowed them, not the earth. It wasn't a fucking mudslide. I'm well, not really sure. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't get that. I also like he. I, I guess maybe he, like God in this case is like a uh, earthbender. Like did he? <laughs> well, God created the earth. So, right. I mean, according to He's according to this book, <laughs> it's like that virtual reality God game, <laughs> you yeah. know, where they've got the hand and you can pull up the mountains and you can pick up people and toss them into space and shit. Yeah. yeah kind of like that. <laughs> um, in your unfailing love, because Tote seems like a loving guy to me, uh, you will lead the people you have redeemed in your strength. You will guide them to your holy dwelling. Yeah, this like when they mention God being all full of love and everything like that, I can't help but to think of like a uh, abusive father figure, because I mean, they, it's like you know, love me or I will beat the living fuck out of you. Like it's like that kind of mentality. Like it that's is. not you're not gonna get love. You're gonna get fear. That's that's what this God is about. I know. This God is about fear, and these people are have fucking Stockholm syndrome. I know. Stockholm is fuck. <laughs> uh, the nations will hear and tremble. Anguish, anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall upon them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as stone until your people pass by, O Lord. They're gonna be. They're gonna melt away. What is he gonna do? Light them on fire and watch them melt right there in front of them? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just another one of those things that everybody is gonna be fucking scared of you, and they're not gonna cross you. Yeah. But you're loving Yay. and kind, loving and kind, or and I will fuck your world good up and forgiving, but fucking maniacal. <laughs> 
You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Yay! Lord reigns forever and until people wise up, and then it's just kind of like, ah, he yeah. never really held a reign. So that's the song of Moses. Um, and then uh, kind of hard to put a beat to that. I'm saying. Yeah, I've actually never heard the song of Moses. Like we should look. I should have probably looked that up before we did the podcast today, um, or we could have played it. Maybe I don't know. That would have probably been better than me sitting here reading it. But then we wouldn't have had our commentary. So. <laughs> Um, the next part of Exodus chapter 15 um, is uh, the song of Miriam. So I don't I don't know. It seems like how this reads that it comes before the song of Moses, but it doesn't technically. So um, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen all went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophetess, who is Aaron's sister. Um, took a tambourine in her hand and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang, Sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. Woohoo! Yay, death. These bitches are crazy. <laughs> they, they are pretty fucking crazy. I mean, they're, they're, they're rejoicing over the death of a lot of people. And I get that all these people were chasing them and would have like possibly killed them too. But I mean, at the same time, God made them do it. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's all we have for today. Um, you want to talk about tomorrow or yeah. I mean, not tomorrow, but the next, the next podcast. Yes. So we're going to go on the journey to Sinai. Sinai. Yeah. And you know what happens at Mount Sinai, right? Hakuna Matata. No, no, the Ten Commandments. No? No. That's, okay. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about um, God protecting uh, the Israelites from certain diseases. Um, We're going to talk about um, types of food they can can eat, getting food. Um, uh, They're going to uh, institute the Sabbath, right? Um, uh, is this? I wonder if this is where Moses strikes the rock and uh, what is it? Water comes out of it. Mm-hmm. It is. I don't know. That's an well. I, I mean, that particular act is an allusion to Jesus. Yeah, actually, that that starts uh, the the water from the rock is chapter seventeen, and mm. we're gonna get that. We're gonna yes, we're gonna get water from rock. Okay, because mm-hmm. that's um, Jesus does that uh, a lot, especially with fish and bread. Yeah, because the next, the next, uh, the next day takes us through the middle of Exodus chapter eighteen. So yeah, we're gonna get water from rock since it's in seventeen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Let's see. Uh, we're gonna talk about manna, right? Um. Oh, uh, yeah. Fun fact about manna, which I will bring up next week as well. Uh, did you know manna is actually bug shit? <laughs> I was taking <laughs> I was taking a drink when John just said that. So no, I didn't know that manna is bug shit. Yes. Tune in next week to figure out what it tastes like. We're not gonna eat manna. Oh. Like that wasn't your plan, right? <laughs> no, it was not my plan. Okay. <laughs> um 
we're going to talk about how they defeat um, Amalekites. We're, we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about Moses and Jethro being reunited. Jethro's, if you if you don't remember, Jethro's Moses' father-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Jethro uh, is a God worshiper. Um, they talk about um, having a judiciary within the Israelite, um, like, Israel, like, country. Wait, is Jethro his actual name? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a southern name we just made up for him. No, no, no. Jethro. No. <laughs> Jethro, is, Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. Okay, well, yeah. Je- Jethro. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how they how they set up a judiciary kind of committee um, and um, judges being appointed to that. So that's what we're going to talk about next time. And then the time after that, we'll talk about Israelites' covenant with God, which will be fun too. Yay, covenants yeah. with God. Those don't end up in bloody dicks. Those totally end up with bloody dicks. So, but we have one more one more podcast before we get to the Ten Commandments. Oh, the Ten Commandments are so juicy. Did you know that the fir- the Ten Commandments that we know now are not the actual first Ten Commandments? Are they not? They are not. Interesting. Totes not. Mm-hmm. Anyways, guys, we really appreciate you uh, you know, joining us today. If you would like to support this uh, podcast and the rest of the content that we have, you can go on to patreon.com forward slash godless engineer and you can support us there yes please do that uh subscribe to the channel if uh you would like to um and uh don't forget to stand up and use your voice that's my line oh sorry so i jumped ahead sorry <laughs> bye y'all bye heathens